Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. Hey guys, this is Russ, and this is the Overlook Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the disappearance of Courtney Holden. Courtney Holden is a 30-year-old Native American woman who went missing from Ken, Washington in 2018 when she was just 26 years old. Those close to Courtney describe her as loving and a devoted mother. At the time of her disappearance, she was living with her adopted mother, Judy Holden, and her adopted brother, Joshua Holden, and her young son on Heroy Avenue in Northeast Spokane, Washington. Now, Courtney wasn't actually reported missing until October 2019. In fact, the person who reached out to police about not seeing Courtney was the partner of her child's father. The woman's name is Autumn. See, Autumn contacted the police to do a welfare check on Courtney as they hadn't seen Courtney or her son in almost two years. Her child's father had been trying to get in touch with Courtney to check in, but due to some personal issues that he was dealing with and an emergency that involved one of his other children, he was not as in touch with Courtney when she disappeared. But when they started reaching out, things weren't adding up and no one could explain where she was. Autumn, the father's partner, told KHQ News, I kept making more phone calls, more reports, I knew something was wrong. So police went to Courtney's adopted family's home, but found that she was not there. Her adopted mother, Judy, and adopted brother, Joshua, reported that they had no idea where she was. They told the police she actually just left a couple days ago and she took her son with her. But other than that, they really weren't that cooperative and they were certainly suspicious. In fact, the case was turned over from missing persons to the major crimes unit fairly quickly. And many believe that's for a very good reason. So when the police went to do the welfare check, one thing that was kind of odd was that the Holdens weren't really being cooperative. I mean, they answered simple questions like, I don't know, she's not here. And they did let her home into the home. But for a welfare check, this was going a lot different than what most welfare checks usually went. Usually, even if the person's an adult and leaves of their own free will, family wants to give the police information. Even if it's just to be like, she's down the street at the yellow house, she'll come back in three or four days. But this family was not doing that. And there was a couple other odd things. One, it was noted when they were coming in that the doors were like dead bolted, which eh, I guess is not that odd depending on where you live. But when they got in the home, Judy was obviously nervous. And again, according to multiple news reports, she really wasn't that cooperative, but the police eventually convinced her to allow them to at least check Courtney's room. When they went into Courtney's room, they know that it was just mostly clutter and a mattress that 
lay bare, wet, no blankets or anything. It did not appear that anyone had been staying in that room. At one point, while they were in their home, one of the officers went around a corner of one of the rooms and it's reported that Judy totally freaked out. When the officers began asking about checking around the home for Courtney's child, she demanded that everyone leave the house. Again, police were just there for a welfare check, and it really appears that Judy's behavior is what made the officers dig deeper. On top of all that oddness, that very same day, a woman just happened, happened to call into the crime check center, claiming that she was Courtney and she was fine. Police weren't buying it, and it was actually later determined that this was actually Courtney's sister impersonating her. The odd thing, from what I can find, it's never told why Courtney's sister decided to impersonate her and call into the police office and say that she was her or that she was fine. Now, while the adopted family said that, yeah, no, Courtney had been there just a few days before the police got there, No one else can remember seeing or hearing from Courtney since the summer of 2018. Most neighbors reported it had been at least a year since they saw her. In fact, according to court documents, one neighbor told police that in August of 2018, she saw Courtney try to leave the home. Records state that this neighbor said she watched Courtney try to drag a duffel bag out of the home and she heard Judy telling her to get back in the house. The neighbor then saw Joshua come outside and forcibly take Courtney back inside. And honestly, this might be the last confirmed sighting of Courtney. A local who goes by Jensen told KHQ News in an article titled, I Know Courtney Was Murdered, Spokane Man Details Life in the Holden Home. Now, see, Jensen, he was a former foster child of the Holdens, and he was actually in the home at the same time as Courtney as well. He reports that the Holdens, that the Holdens took foster kids in, and it's assumed that they were just doing this for money because they certainly were not looking out for their well-being. He goes on to express that the Holdens are abusive. He said that when he was in the home, him and his brother used to get beat on, and when he left, they took that aggression and started doing the same to Courtney. And one quote he reports, it was like my brother was a dog and just there for Joshua to beat up. He went on to say not only were they abusive, but there was also a lot of mental trauma as well. Mental trauma that still haunts him. He reports that when he and his brother left, That's when they started to take it upon Courtney to use her as their punching bag. He states that Courtney would tell him all the horrible things that they were doing. Now, what Jensen revealed probably didn't come to a shock to a lot of the people who knew Joshua, Courtney's adopted brother. See, Joshua was no first-timer when it comes to allegations of abuse. In 2005, he was accused of rape, and according to a KHQ article, He's had multiple people take out restraining orders against him. Witnesses have allegedly came forward and claimed that Joshua was not only abusive, but erratic and controlling. And people recall seeing Courtney with bruises on her. Neighbors have went on to tell police that Joshua is dangerous. He's violent and unpredictable. One neighbor told KHQ News, 
Courtney wasn't happy there. I would see Courtney come out in the evening. She'd be out in the yard doing chores. They were not allowed to come out during the daytime. Some neighbors report that they could often hear Joshua yelling at Courtney and keeping close tags on her son, not allowing him to come out and play like a lot of other kids his age. And like I said, many articles report that Joshua has a long reign of terror. He's been accused of abuse, rape, and burglary. See, in 2005, he was accused of rape, but the victim stopped cooperating with the police. And it's noted that he was actually suspected of another rape that occurred in 2003 and which police were still trying to collect DNA on. He was also arrested on other charges that include unlawful imprisonment, domestic violence, and he had a conviction of burglary. And here lies the problem, because even though almost every news article you come across that mentioned Joshua's pretty much shows a character that is devious, Joshua just kept getting away with nothing but allegations and not really much punishment. In one article, family members of the Holdens report that Joshua and Judy had bragged about knowing how to elude the police, and they would say things about how easy it is to kill somebody and get away with hiding the body. And while those who know Courtney don't appear to be hopeful to find her alive, it appears police are struggling to find enough evidence to actually make an arrest. Now, the police, they searched a home and other properties associated with the Holdens, and they've even brought in cadaver dogs, but it doesn't appear that anything of significance has been found. And while police were conducting these different searches and interviewing neighbors, the Holdens, they fled from Washington to Texas with Courtney's son. And yes, by the way, you did hear me right. They had Courtney's son. You know, the son that they said that she allegedly left with. See, when they left their home, a neighbor saw them. They not only saw Judy and Joshua, but her sister as well as Courtney's son. Now, while all this is going on, there are police that are still interviewing folks to find out more about Courtney's life there, life with the Holdens. And as I said before, it seemed to be full with abuse and control. In fact, in the spokesman review paper, it's reported that the household also had cameras, adding to the fear that Courtney allegedly had when it came to trying to leave the home. Now, neighbors, they say they actually did start asking them about Courtney, but they said when they would ask the Holdens about Courtney, they were told, oh, she, she met some boyfriend and she was traveling. He was always some nameless trucker. Other times it was, oh no, she's just in the house. But one neighbor remembers that a couple of nights after Courtney had disappeared, she saw Joshua in the backyard two nights in a row. It looked like he was trying to install a swing set in the backyard, but just under a few spotlights because, you know, it was nighttime. And the neighbor noted how strange that was. Now, on October 24, 2019, police arrived at the Holden residence to execute a search warrant, but we know the Holdens had already left at this point in time, and they had taken their pets and the DVR holding their security footage. From what we know, during this search, 82 pieces of evidence were discovered. ID cards, computers, at least 18 cell phones, blackmail notes, and a missing persons journal. However, I could not find detail if that missing person was indeed Courtney or somebody else. 
As police kept digging and investigating, they were able to develop some type of timeline for when Courtney was last seen. They were able to determine that Courtney last filled her prescription medicines in July of 2018. But after that, money continued to be taken from her account in her EBT card. Now again, the police knew more than likely this wasn't Courtney using that card. It was just a matter of finding security footage of who was using it, which they did. Police were able to find footage of Joshua utilizing Courtney's ABT card for groceries, and then footage of him and his mother withdrawing money from Courtney's bank account. And that's exactly what they needed to go after them, because they wanted to charge them for using Courtney's identity to steal money. And while they were fleeing from that home, which by the way, police would later be told was just a retirement trip, that they weren't fleeing either way while on that trip away from home, they deactivated their cell phone numbers. Now, this is in November of 2018, but here's the thing, the Holdens did not watch enough ID investigate because while they deactivated their phone numbers, the very same day, two new numbers appeared under that very same account the old numbers were on. And these two numbers had a Texas area code. Now, somewhere around this time, police are also alerted by a neighbor that there is a in the Holden home. Well, when police got there, they found one of Judy's daughters and her husband. They had just flown out from, guess where? Texas. They're the ones who say, yeah, Judy's just on this retirement trip. And when police asked them about Courtney's son, Judy's daughter said, yeah, the son was with Courtney. When the police asked her husband, he said the son was with Judy and Joshua. In December, police found Judy and Joshua at Judy's daughter's home in Texas. Judy and Joshua were arrested and the child who stated to be physically okay was given back to his father. Joshua Poden pled guilty to custodial interference DV charge as well as a charge of criminal mischief. He was only sentenced to 135 days in jail for each count with time served. He's no longer listed on the jail roster. That same year, Judy Holden was also been to court and documents show that she pled guilty to secondhand custodial interference domestic violence. And it appears that she too is out of custody. And unfortunately though, many feel something heinous has happened to Courtney. And many seem to believe that the Holdens are directly related to her disappearance. Currently, police don't seem to have enough to charge them with anything related to her disappearance. Court documents state that Spokane police detectives have shared that they have come across no evidence that Courtney is still alive. And while that may be, they don't have any evidence to arrest anybody either. From what the public knows, they mostly have hearsay. And while hearsay can help them know which direction to look into, it rarely gets a conviction without solid evidence. It hasn't even been able to get an arrest on the books. And on this episode, there's gonna be no theory or social media section because there's just one in-your-face blaring theory. And to speculate on anything else kind of feels like I would be just playing in your face. As of now, Courtney Holden is still missing, but feared to be deceased. I ask that if you have any information about what happened to Courtney, please call Crime Check at 
509-456-2223. And the case reference number is 2019-2019-1912. That is all I have for today's episode. You can find me over on Instagram at the overlooked underscore podcast, where I will have pictures up of Courtney and also of the Holdens as well. If you can head over to Apple Podcasts, leave me a review, leave me some review with words. And other than that, you'll hear the sound of my voice with a new episode on October 9th. You guys have a great rest of your week. And as always, stay safe and stay vigilant. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.